The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that. AirVenture 2007 is less than a week away. The gang is all scrambling to clear the decks and get packed for the trip. But they take a few minutes to gather in the virtual hangar to compare notes about how to get the most out of attending the fly-in and what we're looking forward to seeing this year. Rick Durden shares some tips from his OSH survival guide. Gear, gadgets, and new aircraft we hope to see. And we speculate on whether the administrator will make an appearance. All this and more on Uncontrolled Airspace, episode number 38, with Elan and Panache. And he did knife-edge to knife-edge snap rolls the length of the north-south runway at 10 feet. There's airplanes and helicopters and hot air balloons and seaplanes and gliders and ultralights and warbirds and experimental store-bought airplanes out the wazoo. What more could a growing boy or girl ask for? When you arrive at Oshkosh, you are surrounded by people and everybody gets it. All right? Everybody understands this love of airplanes, this passion for flying. Welcome, folks, to episode number 38 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. This is our special pre-air venture episode uh, where we're going to compare notes about uh, some of the ways to get the most out of visiting the Oshkosh Fly-In and also talk about what highlights we're on the lookout for this year. And uh, so we're going to have some fun with this. And uh, with me here in the virtual hangar this evening, we're, we're recording this one in the evening. It's uh, Monday evening. What day is today? Well, what date is today? <laughs> Monday, Monday the 16th. Monday the 16th. Uh, and uh, What year? Who's on first? That's a very, very good question. I'm relatively sure it's 2007. With me here in the uh, virtual (laughs) hangar this evening, Dave Higdon. Dave is talking to us from Wichita, Kansas. Dave is an aviation photographer, a senior editor at Kit Planes Magazine, and the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. Hi, Dave. How you doing? Oh, doing great, Jack. Good evening, everybody. All the airplanes in the air, ships at sea, and all you that wish you were. We wish we were, too. It seems like we did this just... (laughs) We did do this just the other day. Yeah. We did the previous episode yeah, like you know, two like days four, ago. Four, but uh, 49 hours ago or that's something right, like something that. Something like that, yeah. we got to stop meeting like this. Also here this evening in the virtual hangar is to talk. our friend Jeb Burnside. Jeb <laughs> is uh, talking to us from Springfield, Virginia. He is a freelance aviation journalist currently serving as editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine and also as a contributing editor to Avweb Biz. Hi, Jeb. Hi, Jack. Uh, I, oh, what, well, I shouldn't say that associated with aviation, oh, should I? Oh, man. <laughs> I've told you that story before, right? When I was in high school, when I, was in high school I went out with a girl whose dad was a, a United 70, 747, 747 captain. And, and so this is a guy like, with some serious responsibility, and you'd think he's like a serious guy. And every time I'd walk into their house, he'd look to me and he'd say, Oh, hi, Jack. Oops, don't say that in an airport. You know. <laughs> well, he was just putting you in your place. You're dating his daughter. I, yeah, well, that's a whole other story. Well, you know, yeah, that's a whole di- other story. Di- difference, be- between, difference between then and now is that somebody could actually have a sense of humor about it then. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Right. And also now, joining now us. Now they pull eight-year-old boys out of line when their names show up on a terrorism list. <laughs> Grandmothers. And- 
And also joining us this evening for the first time in the uh, virtual hangar is Rick Durden. Rick is a Rick. I asked Rick earlier how he wanted to be introduced, and he seriously said, "Well, just describe me as a recovering attorney." And so he's a recovering attorney who, uh, among other things, has done work in aviation law. Um, but perhaps more of interest to us this evening is that he is a contributing writer to a lot of aviation magazines, such as AOPA Pilot. Avweb, well, not a magazine, but a publication, uh, Aviation Consumer Magazine, Pilot Magazine in the UK, and others. Hi, Rick. Welcome to the Virtual Hangar. Welcome to Uncontrolled Airspace. Well, thank you. I'm really pleased to be here. I'm just a little curious about some of the uh, technicalities. I mean, Dave is in Wichita, and how can we talk to him at the same time? Because the last time I was there, I had to set my watch back 20 years. <laughs> oh, we actually got a reprieve on that. We changed boards of education. You can now actually speak Darwin in Kansas again. Oh, my goodness, in the same time zones. Same time zone. Now, Rick, where are you sit- sitting this evening? Where are you located uh, right now? In Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids. Now, but now I'm curious about something else. We, you were originally scheduled, and it was through absolutely no fault of yours that uh, we had to uh, to reschedule our recording of the previous episode. But you were going to talk to us from Alaska, right? Yes, I was in Anchorage. Actually, I was in Alaska for two weeks uh, what, what uh, doing was a family family vacation thing. Uh, okay, uh, so you're from there originally. No, I've spent a lot of time there, and I and years ago I tried a uh, a case involving a 747 that slid off the end of a taxiway at Anchorage International. Um, so I've I've spent a lot of time there, and I love it there. But um, the the day the, sun, the amount of sunlight in winter time there is just a little too uh, short for me. You yeah. make up for it in the summertime, though. Well, you know, it's like the guy with the hand in the boiling water and the ice water. On the average, he's really comfortable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I, Rick and I, you and I have never met before um, until we just got together today in the virtual hangar. But I know that uh, that Jeb and Dave uh, are old friends of yours, and uh, we we try uh, not to. Admit well, that actually, on the air. Uh, that's, well, it's, it's public. Yeah. Um, it's it's I, actually I, we have the we have the same probation officer. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are right. He belongs here. <laughs> He's uh, perfect. Uh, Rick and I, tell me Rick a little bit more about, about Rick's past. Yeah, Rick, Rick and I worked together at Avweb uh, years ago. Uh, uh, <laughs> Did I? I, <laughs> I? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was Rick's editor and uh, for his column, uh, The Pilot's Lounge, which continues and is continues its excellence, I'm happy to say. Um, and uh, Rick is, is the consummate GA pilot. Uh, I don't know what all ratings you have. You probably have an ATP... Uh, You've uh, owned uh, a Piper Aztec. Um, you, you're obviously ski plane and uh, seaplane qualified, also. Yeah, and uh, Jeb, you're not going to be here this weekend, man. I know, I know, I know. And I, you and I discussed that off off air earlier in the day. And uh, my schedule for the last several years, this one included, simply will not afford me a, an extra weekend. In Look, front I, of, I, you know, front Jeb, of- I throw two parties a year. In, in in February we fly yeah, airplanes on see. we fly airplanes on skis on frozen lakes Here, and in July the, we fly the same airplanes on floats on lakes that are liquid so you got to show Rick, up man Rick here's the deal on the ski plane thing man in February in uh, in upstate Michigan it's freaking cold up there that's yeah. why we it's apply alcohol the to the pilots <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right you, see, I know, you got see you got an answer for everything and that's that's okay and, and and you're right though i have been i have been uh um, remiss remiss is the word yes thank you you're an editor you know the big words missing out <laughs> i depend on i depend on bill gates to do my uh, my uh, spell checking for me <laughs> well, right there <laughs> well let's move uh, on along here to the, yeah, let's stick to, yeah. to the subject of the evening cuz uh, anyway 
punchline is Rick's good people. He's he's one of us, as the saying goes. Uh huh. I've already gotten that idea. I'm, I'm, it's becoming very clear <laughs> to our listeners probably by now. Also. So uh, we, we want to talk about uh, about Air Venture 2007 and some of the things. Is that, that we, coming up already? Yeah, man. Oh man, is it ever! And uh, we want to talk a little bit about some of the things that uh, one might uh, need to know in order to get the most out of the week, and maybe talk about some of the highlights that we think are going to be happening uh, this year in particular. So. Uh, Rick, I know one of your claims to fame is to, is uh, having accumulated a, a survival guide. Is that right? Well, yes. Uh, I guess I've been going to Air Ventures just about every year since 1972, which um, would cause me to lay things end to end and not re- reach a conclusion. <laughs> but um, yeah, some years ago, we put together a survival guide for AvWeb on uh, how to approach it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let me. I, I've made a few, uh, have a few uh, sort of notes about how, things we might cover in this area. But let's begin with um, a little snippet of an audio comment that we got one of the uh, uncontrolled air got from one of the uncontrolled airspace listeners recently. Um, this is from. Well, I think he introduced himself, so I'm just going to play this. Hey, Dave, Jack, and Jeb. This is Lyndon in Michigan calling in. Just wanted to say thanks for such a wonderful podcast and resource for uh, learning flying. Your guys' time is well spent bringing your listeners the news and information that you do each week, so thanks a million. After 21 years of flying, I've decided to make the voyage to AirVenture for the first time. With that, I was just wondering, uh, any tips or information for the first-time pilot as it pertains to the arrival, parking, and departure experience? Uh, I oh do have to note them. I was an early requester, so the EAA sent me their nice hardbound copy. I've read it. I'm ready to uh, fly it status quo. But just wondering what, being in the traffic, what the arrival will be like, uh, parking, and then once you decide to leave, how quickly or easy it is to get in and out of uh, EAA Air Venture for the first time. So thanks a million, guys. Good flying. Look forward to a million more UCAP episodes. Bye-bye. So maybe, this, first of all, thanks yeah. to Lyndon yeah. in Michigan. Absolutely. And, great, great, uh, great isn't that great serendipity? I mean, when you know, we hadn't gotten that call when we originally scheduled to have Rick on. So yeah. this, this being late works out. So what can uh, what what can we tell people about the challenge of flying into uh, Air Venture for the first time or for the second time? Uh, Jack, if I can jump in, absolutely. Um, and I guess I take it real seriously because I lost a friend flying in there a few years ago. Because it is it is frankly the very busiest airport in the world for slightly over a week, and if you if you sit back and think about it. Would you be willing to fly into Atlanta Hartsfield or Chicago O'Hare without preparing yourself? And Oshkosh is busier. So I feel quite strongly that uh, going in there, A, it's utterly, absolutely, and completely essential that you have a hard copy of the notum, that you've read it, that you've marked it up, and that if you've got somebody in the right seat with you and passengers with you, that they've looked at it, and you've briefed on how to do the approach and how to do the arrival so that you are prepared for it. Secondly, take a fl- take your flight review now. Go out and fly with an instructor and get 
current and get good current because it is essential that you can fly your airplane on speed within plus or minus 5 knots and plus or minus 50 feet when you do that rip on arrival and that you can fly the airplane on speed when you're on final and land on a dot. Um, it's Maybe I'm overreacting, but I uh, people die uh, going in there. And I don't, it think, is also, I don't, I don't think you're overreacting at all. I think, I don't think far, you far too often people think, uh, oh, you know, this is uh, not going to be that big a deal. And it's, then they it's, show up and they're overwhelmed by the number of airplanes in the uh, arrival with them. They're overnumbered by the number of eyeballs uh, looking at them from the runway sides. Uh, they get transfixed and suddenly they don't remember anything. And that's right. I mean, I was there. I left on the last day uh, one year. And there's a Bonanza approaching. He is the only airplane in the pattern approaching on the very last days on right downwind for 2-7. And this guy can't even fly the pattern. He comes down, he flies down downwind slowly. When he turns to go to base, he, he just con continues turning all the way toward the runway. Three quarters of the way through the turn, he stalls the airplane and crashes the airplane on the runway and cartwheels off of it. Right. And there, there's no excuse for this sort of thing, and it's very, very visible, and we give general aviation a black eye. Well, when Jeb and I, and I think Jack was with us and a couple of others uh, the night before opening day uh, last year. Sure. We were watching arrivals to runway nine from uh, from our accommodations. Uh, we're you know we're lucky enough to have a window view of the uh, approach end of the runway, and. Uh, we watched for about 20 minutes in absolute awe of some of the chaos that we were seeing yeah. out there. And then it ended the badly with uh, yeah. a guy pranging his RV uh, by coming up short of the runway. Oh, the guy that flipped his RV? Yeah. Yeah, on, I remember uh, that. On uh, runway 9. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's got he's got the whole opera stage in front of him, and he a little bit of crosswind, and he couldn't even line it up with the runway, and he wound it up short and off to the side. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we saw, we saw some really... Uh, it's a two-syllable word. Bizarre, man. <laughs> stuff happened there in that 20 minutes we were watching. I mean, uh, you remember that, Jeb? We were dumbstruck. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We figured, well, you know, all right. There's, there's one. You know, there's, there's, there's two airplanes that really don't know what they're doing, or there's one guy that's really showing his ass. And all right, yeah, it's, it's like uh, you know, the first, first evening sh uh, arrivals. You expect one. But they kept coming, yeah, one like, after the other after the other, and we're like, wait a second, you know, someone's going to get hurt or been some sheet metal here, and sure enough, that's what happened with the RV driver. Well, and unfortunately, it was somebody hurting themselves and, and not involving yeah, anybody else, because some, yeah. some of the stuff we saw could have taken out, uh, you know, more than the instigating airplane. Yeah. And I, and I feel pretty strongly about it. I, you know, it, it's the actually the best air show is watching the arrivals early on, and... Uh -huh. Uh, I don't know how many times I've seen, um, there will always be at least one Yahoo who la tries to land downwind in the face of all this traffic and looking out and going, why are all these airplanes out in front of me? Uh, <laughs> and you've you got to wonder. At the same time, I have to give credit where it's due. And I have seen guys that were in the very last portion of the flare exactly where they're supposed to be, about to touch down on the dot, and all of a sudden their windshield's full of idiot. Uh, coming the wrong way, and the controller's screaming, "Go, you know, bonanza, go around!" And the guy manages to, you know, take that 
power lever and stick it into the in the fuel injection unit and go around successfully and and manage to dodge the moron there, there's uh, no debt and, and so there's some good guys there uh, and the thing that bothers me is that the halfwits the guys that can't fly the airplane that haven't got the notum aren't listening I mean geez last year the last three years if you listen to 22.8 and 22.9 as you're approaching Oshkosh you will invariably hear some genius saying oh, I'm going to Oshkosh I haven't got the notum can somebody read it to me right it happens seen, at Sun and Fun too yeah you may have seen this passed around after last year's Oshkosh uh, there was an audio file, an MP3 that was going around. Pilots yes, and apparently somebody had had recorded this guy, same in number, same voice on like three or four different frequencies, on his way, talking to like Chicago Center on his way to Oshkosh, and Chicago Center basically is telling him, "Dude, land and get a copy of the notum." Yeah, and he goes all the way in. And he, and he goes all the way in and, and shows his ass the whole way. And, you know, the thing that bothered me there was the Oshkosh controller, is, it, it hap he happened to hit at a time it wasn't terribly busy. And instead of them telling him to turn around and go away, they let him in. Yeah. And, um, and I'm working on the development of a stupid-seeking missile for use at Oshkosh. <laughs> the, the problem is that so far I can't seem to convince it not to turn around and come back at me. Well, you, <laughs> but, you know, the, uh, the, the real problem here is when the TSA finds out, or Department of Homeland Security finds out that uh, about the stupid missile, uh, they're going to have trouble getting a shield up over D.C. Okay, all right, there we go. I knew we would get there eventually. <laughs> but, then, but then again, the TSA couldn't find Oshkosh in the best day they ever had, so That's uh, we don't have to well, worry. The, uh, you're right. There's uh, there's some really marvelous flying. I mean, you see it even in the normal pattern. The guy gets told to uh, to uh, slow the airplane down to something that uh, is almost ridiculous, so he can hit the next closer spot, because the bozo in front of him is trying to hit a spot sooner than he's supposed to. And, and, and you the guy see that pulls it off. And and what and that's the thing that I really like is you will see arrivals the 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 men and the women that know how to fly their airplane and fly with a degree of elan and panache. It is a pleasure to watch. You, you, you point and laugh at the bozos, but then you, you, you've got your scanner on and you watch that guy or that woman um, you know, slow the thing down to 1.05 stall speed on short final just to, you know, to correct it because the controller's talking to them. They roll it on and immediately they, they cut left and they, they, they're still going 30 knots when they come off the runway. And how many people don't know? That the grass and the runway interface at Oshkosh is dead smooth, right. so you can touch down at whatever speed and immediately start your turn and go off the runway like they're telling you to, between two runway lights, and and you're cool. And you watch these people do it, and it's you want to stand there and applaud. You want to somehow point your finger at that airplane and give them, uh, you know, a, a ten or an eleven. Award. <laughs> that's what it's all about. That's, so in, that's, in, that's fine. In addition to the airplane, it shouldn't be there. In addition to wanting to save your life and be a smart pilot, maybe another motivating factor to doing this right is that there are people on the ground that will applaud if you do it right and will call you a fool if you do it badly. And that's right. And the, well, and, and the only thing, they don't call enough people fools. However, the controllers do applaud, and that's one of the coolest things that you can imagine because you'll get in there, you'll fly that low, tight downwind to 2.7, which has got every young private pilot 
flustered because he's used to being a mile out and a thousand feet up, and they want you in, you know, a half mile from the runway or a quarter mile at 500 feet, and keeping it in tight, and you do it, and you pull it off, you roll it on that green dot, you cut left for the edge of the runway, you got it nailed, and the controller says, "Nice job, welcome to Oshkosh." Yeah, that's and that's, that's it. Cool that's it right there. there. We need to move along here. Um, so another part of Lyndon's question was, then what happens after I'm on the ground? What 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 does a, a, an arriving airplane what can they expect once they're on the grass? Expect to see a lot of guys in orange vests waving him to follow them. And that's and that's right. And the thing that's really nice is that the uh, marshalling people there have got their act together. It used to be kind of grim, and they took and and this may sound disrespectful, but they took the Civil Air Patrol away from marshalling airplanes, and they now have people who know what they're doing, um, and they will wave you with orange wands to where you're going to go. Um, if you've got your sign, according to the notum, to put up in the window, they will listen. They will read it. They will point you in the right direction. If you think that, gee, you want to park someplace that's closer in and there's no airplanes there, it's probably because it's muddy and you're going to sink. So uh, go where they tell you. Um, ex- it may seem like you're out a million miles away, and that's maybe true, but just take it, play with it. Open your windows, hold the wheel or the stick all the way aft so you don't drop the prop on the ground, for God's sakes, and, um, and be patient. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because, you know, you can, all, you, can tell the rookie, you can tell the rookies at Oshkosh in two ways. A, they will have a lot of patches on their uh, <laughs> shirt or jumpsuit and hat. Or they'll be taxiing with the elevator all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I just want to jump ahead here for a second. Um, so that, uh, in addition, other than reading the note, what are there any tips for departing Oshkosh when the week is over? Patience. Um, yeah. Just well, just, when the week is over, you shouldn't have any issues. Yeah, the that's first right. Three or four yeah. days. Well, I mean, when uh, when the week patience, is over for you, when, when the time has come to depart, yeah. And if you know my my a couple of things is courtesy. A, do not start your airplane up where it's parked. Pull it out and turn it 90 degrees so you don't blow somebody else over. Your airplane will have sunk into the grass a couple of inches, and it's going to take a a huge amount of power to get it moving from where it is. So pull it forward, um, and you can always find people to help. Never, ever start it where it's parked. Pull it out and turn it. And then be patient. Listen to the ATIS before you start up. And if it's right after the air show, Go get a soda. Don't try to be the first one out after the air show. There are about 200 airplanes going to leave right then. If you wait a half an hour, you'll get out really quickly. Otherwise, you're going to be in this conga line, and it's going to and and you just have to be really patient and hope you don't overheat. Okay. Any other uh, thoughts from your survival guide about uh, the arrival and the departure? Um, be ready. A couple of things on that is that the weather will, there will be thunderstorms, so. Uh, be ready for that, A, on either arriving or departing or camping. There's always a couple of big thunderstorms during the time you're camping, so bring the equipment to tie your airplane down well and tie your tent down well. Um, there will be fog, and it's, you know, it's, it's July and August in Wisconsin, so be Extra patient. a lake and a river. Yeah, and so just be patient and be flexible. And, uh, bring plenty of fuel. 
Okay. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, yes. Don't be yes. flying a five hour airplane and it hit uh, Ripon at, at on four hours into your gas. That's not yes. the way. That's not the way to do this. Uh, something air, something could close the airport for reasons beyond exactly your control, right. and uh, you, you could either get stuck holding out there and facing the decision of whether to go to Appleton or Fond du Lac. Uh, if a lot of people are going those places, there could be a queue waiting to get in there because they're that, both affected by the number. That, that's huge. Show up with plenty of gas. Um, go ahead and buy gas there, but oh, and uh, and I've checked. Your airplane does not carry more because it's going to Oshkosh. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. There used, used to be a little thing in the FARS. I don't know if it's still there or not about Alaskan airplanes where you could legally load them like ten percent over gross. Yeah, but it doesn't apply for Oshkosh. <laughs> and 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 you know the funny thing is the Alaska over gross thing is only a certain number a, of certain of, models. Yeah, and that's only before CAR three. I mean, like Stinson Ra or uh, uh-huh. Stinson Reliance and Curtis Robbins. It doesn't apply to anything built since nineteen forty. Um, but that's right, you know, because you know, you'll see airplanes that are way terribly overgross. Um, oh, also on departure, for God's sakes, read the notum, because a number of the departure profiles has have a maximum altitude because there will be arrivals coming in over you. Yeah, and about the right. time you get to see some guy's IZOD shirt up close and personal because you climb too fast, uh, it... it you know, it'll either take years off your life or, or or cause you to get religion or lose it, depending on where you were. Mm-hmm. But it's not, is it, none of this is to say that it's not worth doing and that it's, you know, in, inherently extremely dangerous. It's a little more dangerous than what you normally do, well, particularly if you're not ready for it. I, well, I like, like it. the man says, be ready for it. And you, you come in there, it can be one of the most marvelous experiences of your aviation life but by the this. same and i'm going to jump in and say this if you can't hold your airspeed at 90 knots plus or minus five and at 700 or 800 feet above the ground plus or minus 50 please don't fly in mm-hmm. please, please don't fly to go, to, go to fond du lac go to appleton fly to milwaukee and rent a car yeah. but uh, um do know what you're doing i think um i, I like an arrivals at oshkosh into uh sun and fun at a lot like flying a, a, a traffic pattern on an uncontrolled airport. You never know, and especially on a busy day where you're you're uh, in a conga line basically all the way around the pattern. You're flying that close to other airplanes. You need to have your speed control and your altitude control c- together, and you need to keep your head on a swivel because the other guy might not have all those things together. It's basic airmanship. It doesn't require any special training. It does require proficiency. It does require knowing your your airplane and having the notum and having a having a a good handle on the, what the flick is. Yeah. But it's it, not it, you know, it's not Chuck Yeager only skills that that uh, yeah. can handle. You just have to be on your game. And that, 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 thousands of us of average skills come and go from there every year. And what makes a difference is that. Most of them came prepared, and they follow the direction. When the controller calls you out, don't answer. He identifies you, wag your wings like he says. They'll tell you in the uh, ATIS, hang your mic up, shut up, listen, and respond. Everything will be copacetic. It'll just flow like butter. And another thing to stick in there, and, and, you know, it sounds like we're preaching, and maybe we are, but we have all, I mean, I've lost a good friend there. We've all seen airplanes crash there. And and it's this is no shit serious, but the other thing that 
it plays there is that there is a reluctance to go around. And the cool thing is that if you do have to go around, you you firewall it, you go around, red and white Cessna going around, and suddenly the controller treats you as a VIP. Yep. If you've gone around, the controller will move heaven and earth to get you in the next time. So don't be reluctant to go around. It's it's if you know if you get a chance to listen to some of the uh, uh, the radio, uh, you know the arrival recordings. Anytime an airplane has to go around, sometimes the controller will apologize for sticking them in too close or something like that, but they will treat the go-arounds really, really well. Mm -hmm. So they usually give them priority as, uh, as they, quick as they can. You don't have to go all the way back to Ripon in most cases. Oh, oh you never do. And, yeah. uh, and they'll stick you back into that flow. Um, and, then, and you know, just because you have just flown this, this white-knuckle uh, <laughs> arrival route, and and you're saying, oh, I got to put it on the ground. I got to put it on the ground. Um, if you don't like it, and you go don't around, you know you're going to get back. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Let, let's uh, let's move the along here. There, controllers there are very good. Yeah. Uh, just listen. Don't talk. Let's move on to uh, see if we can get through the rest of these uh, sort of logistics things so we can get on to the fun stuff here. Um, does the survival guide say anything about uh, where to stay when you're at Oshkosh and what to bring? Okay, well, A, uh, yes, it does. And A, be ready for weather. I have frozen and I have roasted there. <laughs> and That's right. So well, be ready for anything and be ready for mosquitoes that are so big they can't come in through a window. Um, I mean, they refueled three of them one year at Oshkosh before they realized they weren't P-38. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, uh, yeah, you know, they, they turned and, their transponders off for Oshkosh. Yeah, you know, it's terrible. Basler um, offers everybody gas, right? Yeah, 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 right. and hot dogs, um, but bratwurst. Uh, and you know, it's a little bit like when you when you're talking about photography and about money. Uh, imagine how much you're going to spend or shoot, and then triple it. So bring lots, <laughs> bring lots of mem a lot more memory cards or film than you think you're going to need, and three times as much money as you think you're going to need. And um, in terms of staying, uh, actually. Uh, right now is a good time to be looking for a place to stay because yeah. people are well, canceling. Last month would have been a good time to be looking for a place to stay too. Well, in the well, last minute, the last minute ain't bad. Last minute cancellations that'll open up some stuff this week. Sure. Uh -huh. That's yeah. true. For people who are not familiar, just kind of quickly, what are the types of of housing opportunities uh, in to go to the air show? Well, for a guy who's always tent camped or stayed in, and you can stay in the dormitories at Ripon uh, if you have a car, or at um, was University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. Yeah, uh, there are there nice are rooms. Bus, have nice bus service for that. Yes, they do, and there there are rooms and houses. Uh, there, you know, you, you drive an RV. There's a little bit of everything, and uh, a little bit of homework on the EA website and on the internet uh, can find some pretty decent places to stay. Uh, everything from dirt cheap to horrendously expensive, and you get what you pay for. Doesn't EIA have a telephone line that you can call, and they'll kind of advise you and maybe even assist you? Or do they have, like, uh, to help people find, like, uh, rooms for rent in private homes and things? I think I remember this. Oh, yeah, there's an EAA, there's an EAA housing operation. That's what I'm yes. thinking of, yes. Go That's yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's Internet, and it's also, um, excuse me, you're right, telephone line. Telephone line. Um, before we move on to the fun, more fun stuff, any other uh, sort of logistics suggestions and tips for people who are perhaps coming for the first time? Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, be 
be ready for the heat and the cold. Wear very comfortable shoes because you're going to walk a lot. Bring be patient. Pair. Yeah. Be patient. Be courteous. Bring much more money than you can imagine. And um, read the notum. Read the notum. Read the notum. Get okay. your smile on and uh, be prepared to say hello, how you doing, to far more airplane junkies than you've ever seen in one place at one time. Yeah. Um, so uh, some of the fun stuff that uh, you'll encounter uh, when you get to, the, to uh, Oshkosh and to AirVenture. First of all, a blatant plug. Um, and uh, those of you who've been listening to the podcast uh, for some time now um, know that, uh, that uh, Dave, Jeb, and I are members of the staff during the week of uh, AirVenture Today, which is the show daily newspaper. It's the little uh, tabloid paper that's given out for free uh, in boxes all over the convention grounds. Ta- Tabloid-sized. Tabloid- Tabloid-sized, that's right. Uh, Jeb, will you help me with the big words this year? Yeah. <laughs> can I, can I buy sorry, a Rick, 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 anyone who uses Alan and Panache doesn't need an awful lot of help with the big words. We're pretty proud of the work that we do with AirVenture today uh, during the week, and uh, we think it's a great resource for people who want to get a f- the flavor of the event and find out what's going on each day and find out some of the fun things that happened the day before. Um, and collect s- the whole set and take them home. Collect the set and take them home. <laughs> Absolutely. There are a lot of people who do that. That's cool. There are a lot of people I, who do I that. I just boxed up several years. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, so we would urge you, if you don't already look for AirVenture today when you're on the convention grounds, please do so. Also, those of you who are unable to to make it out to uh, AirVenture this year, um, uh, all the stories from AirVenture today, and as well as lots and lots of pictures, are posted on the AirVenture.org website. So you might want to follow the activities um, at AirVenture, AirVenture by going to the AirVenture Today online site, which is part of AirVenture.org. So that's my little plug for the work that we do while we're out there um, during the convention. Rick, are there any activities that you're going to be involved with uh, during the fly-in this year that you wanted to plug? I go to AirVenture to see friends. You know, the air shows are good. The announcing, excuse me, sucks. Um, and so I try to always avoid the areas where I can hear the announcers when I'm watching the air show. And I go to see friends. And I go to see air, cool airplanes and enjoy myself and revitalize myself uh, with with great airplanes and great people, yeah, I and um, and I'm, I'm more. and I'm going to go to the uh, uh, you know a, a lot of exhibits and a lot of booths, and I'm going to probably buy way too many books, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and I may you know I'm going to check to see what uh, seminars are happening at the various forum buildings while I'm there. Because those are invariably good. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah. there's some incredible stuff that happens there. I want to hear more about some of the ones that you've listened to, that you've been to in the past that you like. Let me do one more little bit of business here before we move on, though. Um, one more reminder: we've been reminding people for a couple of weeks now, but I just want to make sure everyone knows about this. And I actually have some new information from from the last episode. Um, we are going to be recording uh, uncontrolled airspace episodes number 39 and 40 while we're out there in Oshkosh. Uh, they are going to be uh, recorded on Monday, the first day of the convention, and Sunday, the last day, or the final day of the convention uh, they uh, will be aired the actual recording sessions will be broadcast live on EAA radio which we're really thrilled to be working with them uh, and so if you're out in the Oshkosh area and you'd like to listen to the uh, 
the live version of the uh, of the podcast, which uh, sometimes can be interestingly different than the the one that gets posted <laughs> on the net, uh, we're going to the ones we do did. That's right. Are going to be uh, uh, we're going to be doing on Monday evening at about. Well, it's going to be just after the air show is concluded, which is typically around six o'clock, give or take. Um, so that's six p.m. Central Daylight Time if you're out on uh, uh, listening on the uh, on the radio. So that's the the first one Monday, and then on Sunday, July 29th, uh, we're going to be recording the podcast at 9.30 in the morning, uh, and uh, we'll be posting that one on the net uh, later that day. At 9.30 in the morning on that particular Sunday, Jack, it may be just you and Dave. You think? Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to talk about that. There'll be beer. There'll be beer. Yeah, it's not just for breakfast anymore. That's right. Well, I was going to say, just offer him Starbucks. That'll get him. That could do it. That could do it. Um, So, like I said, we're going to be on EA Radio. If you're out in the area, they are, and this is some of the new information, they are on AM 1210, and they are also on FM 100.7. So wow, with the FM, huh? Yeah, so if you're in the area cool. out there, uh, there's a couple of different ways that you can listen on a regular old radio. Also, I confirmed today that they are, in fact, going to be streaming on the Internet. So if you are anywhere in the world and you'd like to listen to not only the podcast, but any many of the activities uh, throughout the week, uh, the air show announcers, which are, truly are a mixed bag, but uh, but if you'd like to hear about the things that are going on, they're there. The the uh, Theater in the Woods shows are on the uh, EA radio. All that stuff is streamed live on the Internet, and so you can go to the airventure.org website, and there'll be a link in the sidebar there that will tell you how to listen on the Internet. And, of course, we'll be posting the podcasts on the Internet uh, and on our website as well as usual. Uh, once again, a big thanks to uh, Steve Boos and Farid Guillaume, who is the uh, Steve Boos is of the EAA staff, and Farid is the uh, co-chair of EA Radio, and they've been very, very friendly and and, uh, and welcoming to us, and we're looking forward to uh, working with them. So that's our podcasts, and then finally, I know we're just kind of trying to wrap this up. Is uh, let me play a little piece of audio here. This is uh, this is way too professional for our podcast, but I'm going to play it anyways. Here it is. Catch Potapalooza this year at Oshkosh. Organized by the guys at The Pilot Cast, you can meet and listen to the guys at Uncontrolled Airspace, Jason Miller of The Finer Points and The CFI Cast, Will Hawkins of The Student Pilot Flight Podlog, Steve Tupper, Stephen Force of Airspeed, and of course, Pilot Mike, Pilot Kent, and Pilot Dan of The Pilot Cast. Others may be there as well. Podapalooza is tentatively scheduled for Friday, July 27th at 5.30 at Forum Number 2. The time and place are subject to change up to and during the event, so check the schedules when you arrive to be sure of the right time and place. How often have you had the chance to actually meet the voices in your head? Podapalooza 2007 at Oshkosh. Don't miss it. Voices in your head. I love that. that, that very well done. How often you get to meet the voices in your head. Oh, <laughs> That's my yeah, favorite. I like well, the part about could be changed midstream. Yeah. Now we're here, now we're not. Uh, yeah. Thir- thir- 30 years ago, I would really worry about that part. Yeah. <laughs> Jeb, it's Jeb. Flashback. Flashback. <laughs> That's a uh, that little promo was produced by uh, by uh, Stephen Force of the uh, Airspeed Online podcast, um, and uh, he did an awesome job with it. It just sounds way too professional for for uncontrolled airspace, I'm afraid. But uh, well, we, we we appreciate the inclusion of our. But we're looking forward. We're looking forward to participating in the podcast of Palooza uh, on Friday at five thirty in Forum Building Number Two. Come on by and say hi to us. And uh, I have no idea what that's going to be like, but we're going to be there, and we hope to meet a lot of friends. Bring bring beer. 
bring beer. That's right. That's right. Okay. Oh, Enough of all this crazy business stuff. Let's just talk about Air Venture and going to Oshkosh. And, and you guys have already st- talked a little bit about some of the things that you enjoy. What other things are your personal favorites each year when you go out to Oshkosh? Well, I think Rick nailed it. At least for, he nailed it for me. Uh, it's, it's the people you see. You, some, some people you really only see once a year at Oshkosh. And uh, the, everybody's got a smile on their face. Um, whether they're faking it or not, they seem happy to see me. It, 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 it's all good. It's all good uh, from that standpoint. There's, there's airplanes and helicopters and hot air balloons and seaplanes and gliders and ultralights and warbirds and experimental store-bought airplanes out to Wazoo. Uh, what more could a growing boy or girl ask for? I mean, and it just such oversaturation. I mean, gee, many Christmas. It's such a big fix that you don't come down from it for until about Halloween. And then, you know, Dave, that's so right because I, you know, now I go back there for the people. When I first went, it was for the incredibly cool airplanes. Here I was, 17 or 18 years old, and I get there, and I the first thing I see as I'm approaching is a P-47 and a Spitfire flying in formation. And it's just yang 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 yang. Yeah. Well, you know that's well. That's how I still speak. But um, <laughs> it was. Well, and Rick's exactly and, right. I, I took a buddy of mine in there um, back in '02 or '03. He, the guy is an ATP. He's an airline pilot. Oh, a I real remember one. this guy. Fly, flies a jet uh, with a on a schedule <laughs> with a well known with a well known logo on the side of it. Okay. It was his first trip to Oshkosh. We had to divert to Appleton for weather or a closed runway or something. We get to Appleton, we rent a car, we drive down 41, and we're like halfway between the last the last two exits. Uh, and just I'm slowing, and uh, my buddy turns to me and says, "Jeb, I don't want to, you know, dissuade you from you're, you're driving the car. I don't want to interrupt you or start you or anything." But there's a Ford tri-motor behind us. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it was it was just and other people I've had. I remember one other year, um, I was like the next to last airplane to land before the air show, and the people, the, the good the good folks at, at Ripon were saying, "Dude, hurry up, <laughs> because they're closing the airport if you don't get there in a hurry." So there, I got two other guys with me who had you, never. You had, you had been, Lee and Jerry with you, right? I had Lee and Jerry with me. I had two other guys with me who'd never been to Oshkosh. So I firewalled it at about 1,200 feet off the ground. We're doing like 180 knots, just screaming up the uh, uh, railroad tracks. And we turned final from about three miles out. It's a little hazy. And the closer I'm flying the airplane, I, I'm, I've done this, been there, have the t shirt, literally. And I'm. Just shooting the, the final down to nine on an afternoon right before the air show. And they're like, oh, my God. As, as we, the closer we got, uh, the, the haze dissipated and the detail started to come into focus. It was like kind of flying out of a cloud uh, in, into clean air. But it was like a revelation on their part. And we had the opportunity. We, we rolled all the way to the end of nine. And because of what we were asking for in the way of parking – they taxied us all the way down in front of the flight line. Wow, yeah. Right before oh, the air show cool. was going to start. And they were, they were. I had to clean the seats. It was <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's kids in a candy store, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it, it is. really is. It is. It, it about, really is. About, four, about four years ago, 
this uh, very close friend of ours here in Wichita, uh, elderly gentleman, used to fly a lot, and uh, then he started a family and a law firm and all this stuff. And, and he kind of got it. He sold his 170A Cessna, and he got out of it. And so when uh, when we met, uh, he, he kind of took a little interest in what I do for a living. And four years ago, for about two months, I was hearing about how it was just a coincidence that he and his wife had to be at a wedding in Green Bay the weekend before Oshkosh, and uh, then in Chicago the weekend that Oshkosh is running. And it's like, you know, boy, I wish I knew how to come by and what to look for. And it's like, Bob, why don't you just ride up with me? I got three empty seats that are going one way or the other. So uh, after some arm twisting, brought him and his lovely Bob and his lovely wife, Carolyn, along. We landed. It was Friday before the show, and it still opened on Tuesday in those days. So we've got an empty field. There's maybe like two dozen airplanes scattered hither (laughs) and yon around the showgrounds. It's dead empty, except for this Antonov 224 that was below us on the ramp when we shot final to 1-8. We taxi off. We're looking dead at the nose of this Antonov taxiing out, and he's going, "Uh, do you think they're going to let us get around? (laughs) Yeah, Bob. We taxi around, we go over, shut down, uh, get our car, get everything squared away, get checked into my hotel. Bob and Carolyn, you know, uh, stay the night, and the next day they're off to Green Bay. Two days later, they come back. They come back just before sunset. They're coming down 41, and they're saying, does it seem like there's a lot more cars around here now than there was a couple of days ago? And they get the ramp off there that swings you over 41 and points you east and is looking just about dead down runway 9. And it was, oh, my freaking God, where did they all come from? They they called me on the cell phone. It was at the rubber chicken party. Uh And it's like, uh, uh, can't can't believe this. All these airplanes, what are you doing? (laughs) How did they all get here? And I said, well, Bob, most of them flew. (laughs) <laughs> we had really big trucks. Yeah. That's right. And you know it's and that's what it is. And the, and you know when it, you know when it's time to go home from Oshkosh. Yeah. Because you hear a Merlin start up, and you turn and you say, "Oh, it's just another Mustang." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you know it's time to go home. I want to give you another that's perspective. Right. I I agree completely that one of the especially after like the third or fourth year you've gone, um, you go more for the people than for the airplanes. The airplanes are great, and you never you know. We, we you know, never get tired of that, airplanes, no. but the people become the best thing. And and here's another perspective on it. I, I realized this one of the first two or three years that I started go, was going to Oshkosh, is that those of us who love airplanes and love flying, we live most of our life out in the world among people who don't get it, uh, who don't understand our passion, who think we're crazy, who think you know they just don't get it. Well, and, they're right. Well, you're talking about realists and and. <laughs> And you, you know, you're always just sort of, you know, okay, well, you know, and so when, when you're walking down the street and an interesting airplane flies by and you stop to look at it, you know, you realize that people are looking at you going, wondering what's going on, all right? But when you arrive at Oshkosh, you are surrounded by people and everybody gets it, all right? Everybody understands this love of airplanes, this yeah, passion it's all for us. flying, you know? Um, and the handful of people who are there for other reasons and don't quite get it realize they need to be quiet, you know? Uh, <laughs> just sit down, shut up, Hold on. Everyone gets it. One of the first years I was I was at Oshkosh, we were sitting at a picnic table at a restaurant back when there were restaurants just outside the uh, when the gate when the fence line was much closer in, and we were sitting at this picnic picnic table having lunch, 
and numerous times, and we're, and we're talking about airplanes and talking about whatever, and a couple of different times during the conversation, some interesting and or loud airplane would fly by, and everyone at the table would just kind of, n- no big deal, we would just all kind of pause the conversation, and we'd kind of look up, and we'd watch the airplane fly by, and then when the noise had, had, had diminished, we'd all kind of go back to our conversation and continue, and it's just, it was totally natural, like, oh, wait, we have to look at this airplane, everybody gets it, it's just a wonderful environment to spend a week and a half in and that's one of my favorite things about going to Oshkosh. Uh, it's, very, it's just very phenomenal. Well so what else? Uh, let's see now. I, you know, not only talking to your friends because we all have over the years accumulated, I mean, present company included, um, a lot of, of Oshkosh friends. Uh, and But another thing is the great opportunity to go and make new friends, to talk to strangers. So like I said, everybody, you know, gets it. We all have something in common and you can just walk up to people and say, hi, I'm really lucky in that my gig with AirVenture today is, is to actually go out and talk to lots of different people. And so I get to wander around and talk to all sorts of people about their their uh, you know their activities and their planes and their flying and their home airports and whatnot and once uh, in a while he even comes back and writes a story yeah every now and and and, it, and, he, and he proves the contention of hunter thompson which is when the going gets weird the weird turn pro there you go there you go so uh i that's one of my favorite things about about going to oshkosh now is wandering around just talking to people who i never met before you know i mean i literally walk up to strangers and say hi how you doing tell me about your airplane and And you know no one says no and that's fun because you just made me think of something and um Back in 92, I was flying a Cessna Skymaster for Lighthawk, which is the Environmental Aviation uh, Public Benefit Flying Group, down in Belize. And it was a funky old 337 uh, with a belly pod on it. And I'm flying it over the jungle and out over the reefs. And then I lose track of the airplane a few. And uh, two years ago, I taxi in, you know, get waved into parking in row 514 in Oshkosh, shut the airplane down. And my daughter and I get out, and there facing me is that same 337. No and so I, yeah. walk, I walk across the alley there and start talking to the people that own it. Isn't and that it's, cool? Yeah, I mean, just, and then, and then uh, a few years earlier, I uh, ran it, you know, I see the Cardinal I used to own. And so go over and talk to the guy that owns it now. Yeah, that's great stuff. That, uh, that's, yes, those are wonderful There's people parts. that what? you see every year, there are airplanes you see every year, and know that even if you don't know those people... Those same people are back. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, they in the same airplane. They park in the same spot. Very. And often. we all know the the secret handshake. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yep. right. Rick, I remember you. You uh, sold your Aztec uh, several years ago, and yep. uh, the uh, purchaser uh, had did something that made the NTSB reports. Uh, yes, it went to a 135 operator, and a uh, Yahoo managed to get it slow on final at Buffalo, New York, and wreck it. Uh, and it total burned. it or is it still, is it, it still it, out it, there? It burned. Oh, the wow. Guy, the guy apparently stalled it and got it sideways, and uh, he the, the, the pilot got out. He was the only one in the airplane, but it burned up. So oh. to my knowledge, it's it's history. Yeah, yeah it's history. Wow. That's and my, my daughter to this day says if she ever finds a pilot, she'll kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll hold him down. <laughs> so what else, what uh, else do we look yeah, that's forward a, to? That's a true daughter, man. What else oh, she, we look- you know, well, look, my daughter sold a glider on her 14th birthday and a powered airplane on her 16th. She's serious about this. I, I have met Rick's daughter, and, and besides besides being just a delightful young lady, I, I don't know, this was several years ago. She's probably uh, a grown woman by now, but uh, she she had the bug. She was definitely into air aviation and airplanes and just about anything that flew. 
and it was it was a real pleasure to be around her. Yeah. So what else do we like look forward to every year? Any Airplanes. Other? Yeah, um, they sell lots of beer in Wisconsin. Yeah, okay, lots yeah. of rock. <laughs> beer too. But. This We're, is where this is where we learn to love Line and Kugels. That's right. Yes, <laughs> actually, indeed. that's true. Yes. Okay, and when Line and Kugel showed up in in my neighborhood liquor store here in Wichita, Kansas, uh, it was about two weeks after Oshkosh, about five years ago, <laughs> and I came in the door and it's like Liney's red and Liney's uh, creamy dark and and, and their uh, honey vice, and I turned is around and said, Behind their cash register, and I said, "Wow, when did you guys start carrying lineys?" And he said, "Carrying what?" I said, "Lining kugels, this beer down here." And he goes, he hollered at a couple of coworkers, says, "Hey, Dave knows how to pronounce the name of that new import." <laughs> I suppose the liquor store owner had probably been to to Oshkosh. Uh, the distributor put him onto it. Said it was this, you know, new small, this new quote unquote small batch brewery in Wisconsin that was starting to develop a regional following. And See, I don't, Dave, I, I, I got to interrupt. I don't know which disturbs me most that you know the various types of Line and Kugel brews that they actually uh, manufacture and ship, oh, or I don't that even the begin to know all of them. Or that That's the liquor store. See, see, the thing that really has me hung up, though, is the liquor store guys know you by first name. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And, 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 Jeb, you know what's even worse? Is that yeah. I know that in 1978, Newsweek magazine rated American beers and rated Linen Kugels the best. Uh -huh. No kidding. Really? In what year? In what year? 1978. 78. Well, yeah. And it was no, just before Oshkosh. The you were already old enough to drink. No, the, the EAA today... Technology has improved just a little bit since well, then. That's the only Jeb, point I would... The reason that that happens was that because there was a... I was going... There was a party I went to at Oshkosh that year. There party in Oshkosh? No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a vicious rumor. And it's a professional uh, conference. We all go to... Go, go Jack, Jack, we have to snip this but, part out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. But, but, but anyway... Um, I was with a friend of mine who had a pickup truck, and I had a hand truck rolling five cases of line and kugels out of a uh, liquor store, and the picture in the Oshkosh Daily newspaper, the, not the not the 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 EAA newspaper, the Oshkosh newspaper, right. the next Daily. day was EAA visitor, you know, putting money into local economy. <laughs> Because oh, I'm using roll a hand truck out of a liquor store with five cases of line of coke. <laughs> you gotta leave this in. I mean, geez, it's it's part of the local color and the local flavor. Uh, I'm not taking it out. It's, uh, <laughs> all right. What else should we I've tell never our listeners? Over the fact that but, these but numbers started line and kugels, it's got to be German let's, or something. We got to bring this. We got to bring this back full circle. It would be, you know, a very unfortunate thing if someone filled their airplane with line and kugels, got it out of CG, and crashed, taken off. So you got to be very. It's it's twenty pounds per case. So do the numbers. Do the numbers. Out. So remember, okay. 20 so it pounds. So you will take more than five cases to do this. I understand. Well, but, but yeah. depend on the airplane. But so just assume it's 20 pounds per case of line and kugels. So when you load hey, Jeb, it, do the just, uh, weight and balance. See, my problem this, is I, Jeb, after I you drop out me off. before I gross out. Yeah. Jeb, after you <laughs> drop me off, you got space for a lot more lineage. We can get it here. It's yeah, like, that's true. It's like that's we true. say at the beginning of every podcast. Anything you hear in this podcast, it sounds like advice on aircraft operation. <laughs> It's obviously the, very general. Okay. And, and purely the opinion of those who stated it and not of the EAA. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and as Nor the line of Google beer. Corporation. What as else are we going to see this year in Oshkosh? What, what, what are we looking forward to? 
Beer. Yeah, okay. What, uh, you know, what, 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 actually, what I look forward to is the air show because about once every five or six years, there will be something at the air show that causes you to go, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, really. And in the, in the mid-'70s, it was Gene Soucy as an 18-year-old who showed up in a single-seat S1 pits, and he did knife-edge to knife-edge snap rolls, half snap, one-and-a-half and, and two-and-a-half snaps, the length of the uh, north-south runway at 10 feet, and the smoke didn't vary more than about two feet up or down. Some years later, uh, the Italian uh, military team showed up, the, and I cannot pronounce it, the Tricolore, or uh, Italian team showed up, and their solo pilots were tail sliding their jets. And I was standing next to Corky Fornoff, who at the time was doing the uh, routine in the BD-5 jet um, aerobatic, and we're standing there having beers watching the air show, and we're talking, and he says, oh, my God, I've been trying to tail slide a jet for years, and about half the time we flame, I flame out. I can't do it. How are these guys doing this? And then the Concorde shows up back before they extended the length of runway 18, and Captain Cook rolled that airplane on the first 10 feet of that runway. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and I'm waiting for, you know, the, we have all of the nonsense from the announcers who are playing to the county fair crowd. The, I, I just wish the announcers would would change their patter for Oshkosh because they, they do the same thing they do to the Rubes all year long uh, because they've got a more sophisticated uh, audience at Oshkosh. But if you sit there and you watch, and if you've been to air shows before, you wait for something. Um, the guy, uh, and, and Wayne Franklin, when he put the, uh, the little GE jet engine on, underneath his Waco, uh-huh. that was, that was, that was worth watching. Yeah, that was and you want, amazing. And you watch Patty Wagstaff, who, you know, because she's a woman, she can handle higher G's than a, men can, a man can, and she does square corners. And, and you watch Sean Franklin, who, thank God, is toned down his act, so he's going to survive, maybe. Sean <laughs> uh, Tucker? Sean, Sean, yeah, Sean Tucker, Sean excuse Tucker. me. Because, okay. uh, you know, the first two years he flew, you figured he's going to die right away. But yeah, now he's, right. Rick, he's I now, remember watching him do inverted flat spins yeah, and, to the point where you couldn't see him. Above the trees. Yeah. And, and, was, and the whole crowd's up on its feet because everybody's sure that, you know, this is the accident that's going to stop the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I was there the year that um, they were doing the routine in the BD-5J and the thrust attenuator stuck and the guy crashed short of the runway and wasn't hurt. But um, the other thing that's going to be happening, it's going to be, it won't be this year, but it may be next or the next, is there's another Ford trimotor being assembled. Uh-huh. And a guy is going to be doing Howard Johnson's routines. Back in the 30s, a guy by the name of Johnson did aerobatic routines in a Ford trimotor, which is what Bob Hoover duplicated in the strike. Uh-huh. But this is in a Ford trimotor doing loops and rolls and engine out stuff. Really? And this is gonna, it looks like it's going to happen again in the next couple of years. So that's one to watch for. Wow. So I'm kind of curious definitely. about this new act that Sean D is bringing to the show this year. It's called the Collaborators. And I'm, you know, it's it, be it, Sean maybe Tucker in the Oracle it's, Challenger. It's, it's time to watch, man. I mean, it may happen. You never know. It doesn't happen very often. It's five or six years between times, but I always watch. Yeah, this yeah. is a new four-plane act that Sean's organized. Yeah, I read something about season. that just recently. That sounds interesting. And, it, and and there's no mat, there's two matched airplanes. Uh, there's 
two extra three three hundred L's and an Edge five forty and Sean's uh, uh, Oracle Challenger biplane. Uh, Going to be flying an act together in the show on uh, July twenty fifth and uh, July twenty seventh, Wednesday and Friday up there. And I want to be out on the flight line to shoot yeah. that. Call call me and tell me to tell me to get my ass outside. Sure, yeah. Yeah. get your ass outside. What else are we expecting right. this year? Are there any any uh, new products or announcements or controversies that we're going to be hearing about uh, while we're out well, there? Yeah, I think if you like the Garmin four ninety six, you're going to love the five ninety six. Why? Well, you know, I, I haven't seen anything official from Garmin, so I have to give that caveat. But uh, uh, the, the scuttlebutt is that uh, Garmin will come out with a new portable GPS navigator. Um, it'll be the next generation of the, from the 496, but um, I've heard talk of a different form factor, basically a touchscreen tablet uh, type of uh, uh, format rather than the... Uh, the the 196, 296, 396, 496 format. Well, that we used sure to. move them nicely into the uh, uh, electronic flight bag market. It would, like wouldn't it? It would. It very much so would. And, I, and I've been looking for the ideal solution to, you know, here it is, the year 2007. I ought to be able to get my charts in electronic format in my cockpit and not have to deal with paper anymore. And not have to spend five grand to do it. And not have to spend five grand to do it and not have you, to scroll around. You can and, and, do those first two, but you right. can't do it for less than five grand. Right. There, there ought to be an easier, cheaper, more elegant solution to this problem. So, in this 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 time around, so I'm kind of on the look for the best solution. Okay. Uh, in a day and age when you can buy a full size notebook with a touch screen for a thousand bucks, you'd think. Right. Uh, right. And and the, and the data is available free. The data's out there. It's it's all PDF files. It's a, available free for the download. Yeah, and you know why can't we have the hardware in the cockpit to do this right? Well, another one of the avionics manufacturers I'm hearing rumors is going to be out with a new G Wiz uh, piece of panel gear uh, that will. Uh, I'm not sure how much it will challenge Garmin. I think they're going to try to leapfrog some of what Garmin's done with their panel, some of their panel mounted equipment. Uh, time will tell. Uh, there's apt to be a couple of new airplanes there, including the oh, possibility yeah. of a new jet. Yeah, like yeah. What, do you, can you tell us which one? Well, it's from a, a recently established manufacturer, uh-huh. and uh, it's going to be smaller than the the, the uh, offerings that they they launched with. So we'll see. And of okay. course, we expect to see the uh, mock-up of the the jet from that's from Diamond. I mean, from Cirrus. From Cirrus. Yeah, I was hoping they were going to bring that mock-up out and. Uh, Sure, they will. We're going to see the new Cessna LSA prototype, right? I would imagine. They, they said that he, uh, they're going to have a mock-up there. Uh, interesting twist on that. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit a couple of days ago. But the uh, the uh, the word around town, and in the uh, story that ran this uh, week ago today, in the uh, local paper, some of the aviation trades was that they had uh, uh, confirmed that they're going to launch into the light sport aircraft market, and that uh, they're bringing a mock-up of the final design to Oshkosh, and everybody kind of went, well, bringing a mock-up, you've been flying a proof of concept yeah, for about a year question. now. Apparently, it's changed. Oh, okay. That'll be now, interesting. Now, we know it changed from Rotax yeah. power early yeah. in the program to Continental O200 when they showed it at Sun and Fun. Uh-huh. And hey, do you guys hear... why. Do you, you say two-cylinder Lycoming? Ooh, well they, well, they did that once upon a time back with a version of the Champ. They had a two-cylinder Lycoming. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Uh, hey, and, and can you hear what we're saying, though? This is, you know, for the last 10 years, what we talked about, the new stuff at Oshkosh, was avionics. Yeah. And now we're talking airplanes again. This is a good sign. Yeah, it's a very yeah. good sign. That's great. Well, my, and my uh, one, one thing that I'd like to know about, or know more about anyway, is Cessna's NGP, their next-generation piston. Dave, is there an update on it? Is it going to be at Oshkosh? I think they're going to be talking a little bit more about it. Uh, they were uh, showing their POC, their proof of concept NGP, when they had a big 80th anniversary open house out at uh, Cessna uh, a few weeks ago. But it was fenced off uh, huh. to the point where you couldn't get as close to it at the Cessna open house as you could at uh, Summit Fund this past April. So, Interesting. Uh, you know, the uh, scuttlebutt on why that is, some say, well, they didn't want to show it off because it doesn't have an interior. Well, that didn't bother them, you know, letting you get within Sounds arm's reach of them at, uh, at uh, uh, Sun and Fun this year. So I think it might be because, it's, see, it, it's progressed some. Uh -huh. yeah. A couple of aircraft that I'm looking forward to seeing um, is the uh, F-22 Raptors are going to be not simply they're flying. They're actually going to be on the ground in static display. Which yeah, they're be coming kind of, back and they're landing. It'd be fun to get up close to those and uh, and really see them. Maybe even get to put your hands on them. I don't know whether they're going to let you do Remember the uh, first time the F-17s were there and they were on the ground, but they had this big oh, rope line? F-17s, yeah. They had this big rope line all around them, and they had these seriously armed guards that were like, yep. you know, no messing around, Don't come, don't approach the airplane. Um, I don't know whether they're going to do that with the Raptors, but just seeing them up close will be fun. That, that, I'm looking forward to that. And then the, uh, the Goodyear blimp is going to be there this year. And uh, yeah. there, there hasn't been an airship there in a number of years. And uh, I, I kind of like that. That's kind of an interesting way of flying. I've told the story about how I got a, a ride in the Bud Light lightship, uh, Bud One lightship one time. That was cool. Yeah, now look uh, who's bringing up beer. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I especially like watching the ground operations for the for the airships, and uh, I don't know whether they're going to bring it to the ground over at Pioneer Airport again, like they did in the past. But uh, that's where they usually park them. But uh, if get a, get a chance to watch that is is a lot of fun, if you ask me. So uh, what else? Any other? Uh, it, so uh, is the uh, is the administrator going to get uh, get uh, taken to task uh, this year? <laughs> I, is she I'm, going I'm, to show up? I wonder if she'll have the guts to show. I wonder. Well, you know, uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all if she doesn't. Sh she's mostly irrelevant at this stage. Yeah. Now, for it those who are not familiar, there is a there's an annual, uh, 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 very Meet very the boss. Uh, called Meet, Meet the, the Boss, boss. Uh, where the FAA administrator t uh, speaks and takes questions, and it can get get fa fairly exciting sometimes. Um, and and one can imagine that it would get quite exciting this year with all the controversy about user fees and FAA financing funding. Um, but uh, that is an interesting question. I haven't seen a schedule. I suppose one of us could go on the net and see whether or not oh, it's I'm listed as a forum. But uh, um, Well, Jeb, Jeb, are you on the, on the short list for nomination for the next uh, administrator? Uh, I am not on the short list, but I am one of the contributing editors. Okay. <laughs> to the list, right? I, I heard it was true that if nominated, uh, you would not run, and if elected, you would not serve. Right. Well, that, yeah, I, I heard that line a couple of couple of times this week relative to the passing of Lady Bird Johnson, but uh, um, I, I have no uh, no real knowledge of, of how that's going to fall out. You know, this is one of those jobs that you really desperately would like to get a good person in position, but then... What good person would really want that job? It's hey, true. That's got to be one of those jobs that's just thankless and lose-lose. Uh, there's and a lot of people with public service attitudes and aviation experience and love that would take that job in a New York minute for oh, yeah. a public service opportunity that it would provide them. 
me, I'd just like to see him actually bring somebody from the aviation community again. Yeah. Somebody so, that knows what it's like to pilot an aircraft. Yeah. You know, and David, you know, I'm so glad like to hear you say system. that. You know, I'm so glad to hear you say that because there are still, despite all the cynicism, there are people who have a desire to serve their country. And I hope they can find somebody in the yeah. aviation community that would do that. I, 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 I hope that the no person that takes that has service. Go, uh, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. I got no doubts that some of the names that have been floated before would do it. Uh, but it seems like we have trouble getting around the idea that it's got to be somebody connected somewhere with a peripheral uh, aviation gene rather than somebody that's actually worked in it, lived in it, uh, uh, flown it. I mean, I don't remember a better person in that job, uh, despite the, the problems that he had with his bosses, than Donald Lincoln. Now, Donald yeah. Lincoln was a retired Navy admiral. He was a combat pilot. He was a GA pilot. He was an ex-Piper executive, a sailplane pilot. When Don came to that gig, it was strictly, strictly for what he could do for his country because Lord knows he didn't need the hassle and he didn't yeah. need the money. It'll, it'll be, it would, it, I almost say it will be nice. It would be nice for the next administrator to be a pilot, to have um, all of aviation as their top priority, not just certain segments of it. With that, with that having been said on the record, let me simply state that the, uh, meet, the meet the Administrator, Meet the Boss session is formally scheduled for the 26th of uh, July, which is a Thursday, 11.30 a.m. to 12.45 in number 7 Honda Pavilion. So it is on the really? schedule. They it is on the it? schedule. Yeah. That's, okay. That's, are, are there any bookmakers in Las Vegas taking um, bets on whether it's going to happen? I, will she have the the, oh, the hutzpah to show up? They it's moved it because of the tower construction. Yeah, that's part of it. Or that's they wanted a bigger it. room. Or the well, tower had, would, or, or the tower would with, fall on her. <laughs> they had that Honda Pavilion the last couple of years running, as I recall. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's been a couple of years since I've had yeah. to uh, yeah. uh, experience yeah. that. Yeah. Experience. I, understand. I understand. Any other controversies we're going to hear this year? What's going on? Uh, or, or, or fun stories or exciting stories? Or uh... There'll always uh, be something we don't know about. And there will be wonderful things about 17- and 18-year-old kids who will fly little airplanes a long way to get to Oshkosh. And I want to go up and shake the hands of every one of them. Uh, there's going, you know, There'll be things that we don't expect. There will be controversies we don't expect, and all I can say is, man, it's worth going. And you read that newspaper every morning, and you and you listen to the radio broadcast to see what's happening, and you have a ball. Yeah, I couldn't agree uh, more. There's just something about cruising onto the field every morning, just just after sunrise, and and getting the motor, you know, through the North Forty campground and through Warbirds and and yep, and standing in line to standing in line at the latrine and to take a shower and. <laughs> well, this is my morning drive to work. <laughs> That's right. It's great. You know, it's this great. is my morning drive to work, and it's the greatest little commute that I could ever hope for. Uh huh. Well, we're reaching the end of our allotted time here. Is there uh, are there any other uh, bits of advice or uh, for for our listeners about things that they want to not miss at AirVenture? Pack for three seasons. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, right. and and don't miss going. That's right. Absolutely. Just be there, and even if you you know don't pack for four for three seasons, and even if you don't you know bring some bug spray, and even if you don't bring a, a rain some rain gear or something like that. 
you'll still have a good time. And, and, and Jeb, and Jeb get, if you, you and if you're flying in camp, and if you're flying in camp and you've forgotten something, northwest yeah. of the airplane camping sure. area, there's two openings in the fence, and there's grocery stores, and there are places to buy the stuff you need. That's right. If, 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 if you're on the North 40, and, if you're on the North 40, it's an easy walk to get just about everything except a car. And that's and and that includes and bicycles because that people. Bicycles. That's right. And and every year, people a number of people buy inexpensive bicycles. Once they get there, they then take them over to the flight line area and they donate them. Mm-hmm. And there is yeah. a setup to, for the poor kids in Oshkosh get bicycles because of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rick Durden, thank you very much for uh, joining us tonight, and uh, it's been a pleasure to meet you. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person, and uh, um, they were right. You fit in just fine here. And, uh, <laughs> well, I, it's, it's been an honor, but I think I've just been insulted. <laughs> no, no, you absolutely have been insulted. <laughs> Rick, Rick doesn't apparently have a, 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 his own web presence, but I bet if you Google his name, you're going to discover a lot of interesting things he's written uh, uh, over the years, and uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes so that you can dig out some of the things he's written about. Jeb Burnside, uh, you can learn more about Jeb and his work and his writing at jebburnside.com, also aviationsafetymagazine.com and avweb.com, Dave at davehigdon.com, I am Jack Hodgson at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net. Uh, you can visit all of us at uncontrolledairspace.com. And uh, I guess that's it for today. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you in Oshkosh in see just a few Oshkosh. days. See you in Oshkosh. See you in Oshkosh. Just have a